morning, everyone. Welcome to church today. Great to see everyone. Glad you're with us. It's good to be in God's house, isn't it? Okay, some people are thinking it's good to be in God's house. <laughs> Welcome to those who are joining us online as well. Glad that you're with us online. Um, that's a faith statement because I can't actually see any of you, so I'm hoping that you're there. Um, but it's good to be in God's house. And my prayer really today, as always, is that we experience his presence in this place today. Lots of things going on in our world just now, lots of uncertainties, lots of people going through personal uh, situations and challenges at the moment. Um, but let's be reminded that God is always with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's with us right there in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the difficulty, whatever that is. And uh, sometimes when we come to worship, really, it's a sacrifice of praise that we bring. So, you know, sometimes we don't feel like praising. Sometimes we don't feel like worshiping God. And it's in those moments when we choose to give thanks, when we choose to praise um, that, that, that we find that God comes and meets us in that place. And I, I say this very often, I pray it very often, that God lives in the praises of his people. God inhabits the praises of his people. And I, I'm just going to pray that again today. As we, If you're able to stand, we're going to pray and just welcome uh, God into our service today. Father, we thank you that you're here. We thank you that you never leave us, you never forsake us. And Lord, we are just looking for your presence in this place today. Lord, many people who are gathered in person today who just need to meet with you today. Father, who need a touch from you today. Father, who are experiencing challenging times today. Father, even perhaps those who are online joining us today. Father, who have got challenges and just things that are happening in life that are a challenge. And Father, we just pray that you would come and make yourself known in that challenge. Father, that you would presence yourself there with us. And so, Father, we just thank you that you're here. We give you thanks that you are a great God. You're an incredible God. You're an awesome God. Father, we can't even begin to even imagine how uh, massive you are. Father, you are the God who created everything that we see. And, Father, you are wonderful, majestic, and worthy of our praise this morning. So, Father, as we sing these carols, Lord, we pray that you would come and that you would presence yourself in our praise. Father, that we would experience your presence in our praise. And, Father, that we would experience your presence in this service. Father, for everyone gathered in person, those gathered online. Father, for anybody who's uh, new in the life of the church today, whatever uh, way they're connecting today. Father, we pray that they would find something of you today for their lives and for their circumstances. So, Lord, we just pray that you'd receive our praise this morning in Jesus' name and be glorified in it, we ask. Amen. See you. 
singing this morning. Father, words which focuses. Father, words which focuses on something that's quite incredible, the miracle of Christmas. Father, it focuses our attention on an event where the God of all of creation came into his creation in the form of a human being. His name was Jesus. And Father, things in your creation changed forever on that day. God became a man and lived amongst people. And Father, things changed. Things changed that day. Things changed in heaven and on earth that day. And Father, things would never be the same again. And Father, we thank you. We thank you that Jesus was born. We thank you for that night, that divine night. Father, we thank you for the miracle of Christmas. Father, we thank you that you stooped down to where we were. Father, lost in our sin. Father, lost in the silence. And yet that silence was broken by a baby's cry. The saviour of the whole world. Come to dwell amongst us. And Father, we thank you for the presence of Jesus. Father, we thank you that you are still present with us. Father, regardless of what's happening in life, regardless of the storm that surrounds us, Father, we know that you're with us. Father, we know that you're right there. You, you have said you'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. Father, we thank you that Jesus is now in heaven. And Father, that he prays for us. He intercedes for us. He stands alongside us. He stands as our representative before you. Father, we stand in his righteousness. Father, the Bible says that all the things that we could ever think that were good are just like filthy rags. But Father, we thank you that we stand in his righteousness. Father, we thank you that we stand free and complete. Father, we thank you for the shalom of God, the wholeness, the completeness, the fullness that can be our experience when we focus on you. Father, when we give ourselves to you. Father, when we give thanks to you. When we give praise and adoration and worship to you. Father, that peace which surpasses all understanding comes and guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And Father, we thank you for that peace. And Father, we pray that that peace would just permeate every single person in this gathering today, whether here in the building or online. Father, we pray that that peace would just permeate every person. Father, that it would just saturate our whole beings. And Father, that the storm which is raging outside of this moment, Father, we pray that it would become something that's in the distance for us as we focus on who you are the God of all creation, become a man. Father, we thank you for Jesus' life. We thank you for all that he accomplished. We thank you for his obedience and his willingness to go to a cross. And Father, just to be in that place, that place where there was almost like a silence in heaven. Father, that place where there was almost like a separation where he cried out, Father, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. And Father, as we think about the incredible forgiveness of Jesus, we think about that love which he has, not a love that's a feeling, but Father, a love that's a choice. Father, a love that's a choice, and he made that choice. Father, we thank you that he rose on the third day, Father, we thank you that he appeared to hundreds of people and it's all there, it's all recorded. Father, we thank you that when he returned to heaven that he sent the Holy Spirit in a fresh way, in a new way and that we can enjoy the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives because of what happened in those days. Father, because of what happened at Pentecost, Father, we thank you that we can live in the reality of having you live in our hearts. And so, Father, we thank you for these things. Father, we just pray for a moment for all who need a touch from you. Father, those who are grieving, 
Father, even, even freshly this weekend, Father, those who are grieving afresh, a new, Father, new things which are happening in people's lives. Father, things which have happened this year, last year, or even in the years that have gone past. Father, where we remember those who we've lost and still love. Father, we thank you for a hope that is rooted in the resurrection. Father, you have promised us life, eternal life, everlasting life. Father, we thank you that even when we grieve, that we don't grieve as people who have no hope. Father, we grieve as people who do have a hope, a living hope, an active hope, the hope, a hope that goes above every other hope. Not a wishful thinking, Father, but a hope rooted in the reality of Christ and what he has accomplished. Father, we pray for those who are sick and needing a touch. And Father, we just pray that you would just come. And Father, that you would just descend upon those who need a physical touch in their bodies or their minds, whatever the situation may be. Father, that you would come and that you bring that touch. Father, we are so dependent on you in so many ways. Lord, we know that outwardly we're wasting away, but inwardly we're being renewed day by day by day by day, moment by moment. And Father, we are changing from one, one dimension of glory to another. And Father, we pray, we pray that you'd help us to live in that reality. But Father, the reality for our bodies is that some people need a touch in their bodies and Father we, we can think of so many people I'm not going to pray for them all by name but Father just picture people in my head who need a touch in their bodies from you Father those who need comfort those who need peace those who need physical healing those who need restoration those who need a miracle Father and Lord we just pray that you'd raise them up Father that you just perform your power and your mighty acts in their bodies Father that you would just raise them up and that you would just grant that miracle Father, maybe even people who are joined online today, Father, who need a touch in their bodies. Father, I pray that as they reach out in faith to you, Father, as they just hold out their hands and ask for that miracle, Father, that you would bring that miracle and that you would be present in every room, this room and every room wherever people are sitting watching this service today. Father, that you would come and that you would bring your presence and that you would minister. Father, for those who need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit in their lives, Father, those who need to be filled, Lord, we pray that your Spirit would come and that you'd begin to fill afresh, fill anew, Father, fill to overflowing. And Father, may we experience the power that comes from having the Holy Spirit bubbling over in our lives. Father, we pray that in a moment as we turn to your word, that you would open our eyes, open our ears, open our understanding to grasp something fresh in your word about this incredible time of the year that we celebrate and father may we experience your voice holy spirit we pray that you would come and speak and that you would bring illumination and that you would bring revelation and that you would bring impartation to our hearts because we need that impartation we need that impartation of life and so father we just give ourselves to that today father help us and all the things that we're facing, all the situations, all the circumstances, all the busyness of this time of year. Father, help us to just keep our eyes fixed on you, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen.
thank goodness. <laughs> kind of getting carried away. Um, I, I don't know about you, I just sense the presence of God in this place today. It's quite incredible. Um, I do need to do this whole thing for track and trace. Just give me a wee second. Let's say uh, Gouda. There's a different kind of cheese today. I'm trying to think of what's in the fridge for Christmas already. <laughs> Gorgonzola. I don't actually think I've tried Gorgonzola, but that's another story. And just again, in case you missed this, just thank you to everyone who contributed to the shoebox appeal of Samaritan's Purse. I think the total was 17 uh, physical shoeboxes and 15 online, which means 92 plus 150 pounds of cash donations plus other donations. So thank you very much to everyone who contributed. Thank you to Tracy for all our organization in the background as well. As Tracy tries to hide with embarrassment, just as well you've got a mask on, eh? <laughs> um, just to remind you that Christmas Eve is still on, as far as we know at the moment. Things are changing. We had to cancel our event for the kids on Friday past. We just felt it was the right thing to do. But Christmas Eve is still on at the moment. Um, there is a booking system on the church website, and it's at 6.30. And the offering for Christmas Eve will go to open doors this year. Um, we'll, we've, we've, we we kind of were thinking about who we should give to, and we just kind of felt that there are brothers and sisters in Christ across the world who could benefit uh, from what we do. We've actually also taken the decision to support Open Doors on a monthly basis as we go into 2022. Um, again, we, we really value the work that Open Doors does, and we want to just uh, support that work. And it's incredible, actually, if you look at um, their finances, um, how they actually use the finances to benefit other people in other countries, you know, workers that they work through, um, programs that they've run, helping people practically, helping people to grow in their discipleship and all these different things. And uh, we, we just want to be part of that and so into to what they're doing. So just a reminder also that the prayer meetings are going to be off for the next few weeks, um, just in case you're wondering. Um, Boxing Day is a Sunday this year, so we will be doing our normal Christmas uh, Sunday service on Boxing Day. So just uh, to be reminded of that. And also, we are aware that things are changing rapidly with COVID. Um, It's something that we're keeping an eye on. We will make decisions based on how things develop. I'm hoping that we don't go into another lockdown. But if that's the case, then we will adapt again and we will do what we need to do. So uh, just bear with us on that. We use email to communicate. If you see an email come in from me, please read it. Okay, I know what it's like sometimes. I've got a fair number of unread emails in my inbox, but not from people, from organisations, and it's the kind of usual stuff. So uh, sometimes in the midst of all that, things can get a bit lost, um, but hopefully they, hopefully you receive my emails, and it would be great to hear back from you when I send out an email. So please feedback. I got some encouragement last night as I read an email from one of the members of the congregation and uh, sometimes you just get a lot of encouragement and it's just what you need at that point in time. So we're going to turn to uh, our thought for today. Um, I'm going to just do a little check here so because it's only six sleeps till the big day. Six sleeps. Woo! Some people are going, woo, the kids are like, yes, the adults are like, oh, so much still to do. So I'm just going to go through my checklist here um, as we look at the nativity here. So uh, make sure we've got everything. So have you got all the Christmas uh, shopping in? Some people have, some people haven't. Some people are nodding their heads. We have uh, a fridge full of stuff, which is quite helpful. Um, so, I'm just going to check the nativity, though. So, we've got stable. Yep, tick. Shepherds, tick. Angels, there's only one, but that'll do. Uh, wise men, yep, okay. Notice there's no wise women. Just, just saying, just... <laughs> oh, there was only three wise men. There was, what the Christmas story doesn't tell you, there was another 300 wise women... So it doesn't tell you how many wise people there were. Eh? So gifts, yeah, I can see some gifts there. Livestock, yep. The cattle are lowing, yep. Although it's silent today. This is a silent movie. Uh, the donkey, I've really missed the donkey. I've missed the Christmas donkey. 
There he's there, he's bringing a glass of water. Oh, I mean, uh, sorry. <laughs> so I've missed the Christmas donkey. The manger, yep, Mary, yep, she's there with the uh, Joseph, yep, he's looking very saintly, that Joseph. Baby Jesus, the star, it's probably up in the sky somewhere, so we'll give you that. There's one thing that's not in the nativity picture. Can anybody tell me what it is? What's missing from the nativity today? Any guesses? Me? (laughs) It's not me. There's one thing that's missing from the nativity, and I think it's this, the Holy Spirit. And today's message is keeping the Holy Spirit in Christmas. And it's what I've been saying in my Christmas messages over the last few weeks. But today I just want to shine a spotlight on it. And we're going to think about keeping the Holy Spirit in Christmas. We've heard the phrase, the Spirit of Christmas, which most people interpret as, you know, goodwill and doing nice things to other people and people being more loving than they normally are at Christmas time. Do you know anybody who's more loving than they normally are at Christmas time? No hands, please. But send me an email and tell me. We'll clip in them. <laughs> um, and we talk these days about keeping Christ in Christmas. We've heard that phrase quite a lot lately as we th- see a secular culture that's trying to kind of push Christianity to the side. And we talk about keeping Christmas, Christ in Christmas. And the reality is that a lot of people want the trappings without the teaching. But my question today is where is the Holy Spirit? And I want to just spend a few minutes thinking about where is the Holy Spirit in Christmas? Even the humble nativity scene that we looked at, which I think is attributed to St. Francis of Assisi, uh, so I believe, there is no representation of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not center stage, but the Holy Spirit set the stage. This is what we need to grasp in the Christmas story. The center stage is Jesus. Jesus who would come, God in the flesh would come, and he would be the savior of the world. He was center stage, not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit never tries to take center stage at Christmas. I don't know if you've noticed that, but the Holy Spirit set the stage. Think about it. All of those prophecies which were given for hundreds of years prior to this event were inspired by the Holy Spirit. People were inspired as the Holy Spirit moved upon them, and they began to write. They wrote God's words. All of the preparation that went on, even in 400 years of silence, there was a preparation that was going on. Think about it. The day Mary was born was preparation day. We don't think about the day that Mary was born, but that day was a preparation for what would happen. Even the pregnancy was birthed by the Holy Spirit, as we'll think about I think sometimes today, if you listen to churches, there's a lot of talk about the Father, there's a lot of talk about the Son, but not so much talk about the Holy Spirit. And I wonder sometimes if people are afraid of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, even in Pentecostal churches, we were just chatting about this recently, even in Pentecostal churches, there seems to be an absence of the presence and power and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, our church is called Whitburn Pentecostal Church. I want to be part of a church that's not necessarily Pentecostal by name, but is Pentecostal by nature. So that could say anything outside that it likes. I want to be part of a church that's Pentecostal in nature. And I'll tell you why in just a little second. I cannot understand to some extent why people can get a little bit uptight when we start talking about the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is all-powerful, almighty, and untamable. I don't know if this is true, but I read somewhere that the Celtic Christians had an expression for the Holy Spirit. They called the Holy Spirit Angad Glass. My Gaelic isn't very good. Angad Glass, which means the wild goose. You've heard that expression, a wild goose chase, trying to catch the Holy Spirit sometimes. It's like, I, I don't know about you, I want more of the Holy Spirit. But that phrase, Angad glass, meaning the wild goose. And I would emphasize the word wild. And that's how I think about the Holy Spirit. You think about this, the Holy Spirit, who is the creator of the whole show, everything that we see around us, 
And I sometimes wonder if we prefer to be in a church which is more about structure, and we need structure, and forms, and set prayers, and set songs, and being nice, and everything being familiar, and comfortable, and safe. What kind of church do we want to be part of? Yes, we need a church that's safe. We need an environment which is safe for people to come into, yes. But when the Holy Spirit comes into that environment, the Holy Spirit needs to be allowed to do what the Holy Spirit knows that we need in our lives. And this is what I was thinking as I was preparing for today. People don't need a safe Christianity. They need a strong, Spirit-filled Christianity. Let me explain what I mean by that. I don't think that safe Christianity is cutting it. I think Christianity, if left to its own devices, if left to people, will become more rigid, more structured, more about forms, and less about the life of God flowing through us as we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit and to what the Holy Spirit wants us to do. But safe isn't cutting it. It's when we are prepared to, under the Spirit's inspiration, take risks and get out there and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit that we begin to see the type of Christianity that the world needs. Christianity started to really explode up here in the Western Hemisphere. If you look at the way things are working, the balance has shifted so that places like South America, Africa, China, other nations, that's where Christianity is exploding just now. It's not exploding here. And I wonder sometimes, do they have a a spirit-filled Christianity that we don't? Have we opted for a safe Christianity? Have we been begun to put God in a little tiny, tiny box. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. But I wanted to think about three different areas today and think quickly. And the Spirit's role in Christmas. And I want to start with the Spirit at conception. We've already kind of touched on this, but I just wanted to highlight some of the Scriptures. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 Uh, Matthew chapter 1 verse 20 and Luke chapter 1 verse 35 are the verses that we're going to read. It says, now the birth of Jesus the Messiah, the anointed one, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they had lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. That word from can be translated of the Holy Spirit or out of the Holy Spirit. Something happened when the Spirit descended on Mary that birthed a child. Matthew one twenty goes on to say, But just when he, talking about Joseph, had resolved to divorce Mary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived, past tense, in her, is from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit working at the conception of Jesus. And then last, uh, lastly, we look at Luke chapter 1, verse 35. It says, the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. Jesus was born holy right from the start. Jesus was born different. He wasn't conceived in the normal manner that we are, but he was born different. He was born holy. We are born in a natural way, which means that we're born into sin. Therefore, it becomes very easy for us to sin. Is there anybody in here who gets what I'm talking about here? It's so easy to do the wrong thing and sometimes so hard to do the right thing. Even if you look at Jesus' teachings on the Sermon on the Mount, all these things that he tells us to do, I think, I read it and I'm like, I can't do that. And Jesus says, you're right, not on your own, but when my Holy Spirit comes and lives in you, you're able to accomplish these things as we yield to God. Jesus was not born into sin, and yet he was still able to be tempted by sin. Some people argue that Jesus didn't become God till the Holy Spirit descended on him at his baptism. But the scriptures I think I've read are quite clear, and they contradict that view. And I don't think it agrees with what Jesus felt about his understanding of who he was and what his mission was either. And we could go into that a lot more. But one of the things I was thinking about was when Jesus was 12, he was at the temple. Luke 2, 49 says that uh, he said to his parents, why are you searching for me? 
did you not know that I must be in my father's house? He was in his father's house and was about his father's business. Jesus knew who he was, even from a young age. He knew that he was a son of God. The Holy Spirit living in him and working through him. And then there's the Spirit of Christ. And this is a subject which uh, I'm going to just try and work through uh, very, very quickly. and not going to a lot of depth because, to be honest, I'm still working it through myself. Jesus had a body. He had a physical human body. He could feel hunger. He could feel thirst. He could feel pain. He could get tired, need rest, need sleep, and need time away from people. He had a physical body that needed to be looked after, needed to be restored, needed to be refreshed, needed to be rested. Jesus had a soul. He, could, uh, he, he knew what it was to laugh. He knew joy. He knew sorrow. He knew emotional pain. He had feelings. He was able to think. He was able to choose things. He was aware of the world that was around him. He had a soul. And lastly, Jesus had a spirit. And through the Spirit, he had an intimate connection with his Father. And to me, this is, this is what's been intriguing me. And I feel like I've been trying to look into a very deep pool to see the jewel that's at the bottom of the pool. I don't know if you can picture that. I remember uh, hearing many years ago that in the lead hills, does pe- do people know where the lead hills are? Down past Abington. Well, I had heard as a teenager, or maybe younger, that there was gold in them, that hills. Right? There's gold in the lead hills. And I remember being in the car with my parents and we stopped next to a stream and I looked into the stream and I was convinced I saw gold at the bottom of the, <laughs> at the, bottom of the stream. So, I, I, you know, it's like you've got a choice here. What are you going to do? Well, I decided to go into the stream and try and see if it was gold. And it wasn't gold, unfortunately. But I kind of feel like that's what I've been like as I've been thinking about this subject about the spirit of Jesus. It's like, it's like seeing something at the bottom of a pool that you want to try and reach, but I'm struggling to reach it. I'm struggling to get to the bottom of the pool. And I think the only thing I've got to do is, is, is kind of disrobe and jump in. I'm not going to do that today, by the way, just, just to clarify that. Whew, that was close. Um, but there's something, there's something intimate about the relationship with Jesus and his Father. Jesus, the Son of Man, the Son of God, born of a virgin, God in human form, as we talked about last week, the, the Logos, the very word, the very expression of God in a human body, and the Holy Spirit. God the Father with this man Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, it says, had the Holy Spirit without limitation, with, without measure. There was no limits on the, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit in Jesus. And Jesus also said, I and the Father are one. He was calling himself God when he was saying that. And there's something mysterious about the interplay between Father, between the Logos, and between the Holy Spirit and the person of Jesus. And I don't know about you, I, I kind of feel like I'm just beginning to delve into a really deep pool that's got a jewel at the bottom, and I'm trying to understand. But there's something mysterious about this, this, this relationship between the three. We, we, we use this phrase, the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And something's happening in Jesus that he becomes the very expression of the Father, and that the Holy Spirit lived in him. God lived him. We, we say God is spirit. God lived in Jesus fully. This is what Colossians 1.19 says. God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. All of the fullness of God living in a person. Can you begin to imagine how incredible Jesus was? Colossians 2.9 goes on to say the same thing. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Do you know that word fullness? I only just discovered that this, this week. The word fullness is the same word that it's used when it talks about the patch. You remember Jesus talked about putting old wine into, uh, new wine into old wineskins? So he says you don't do that because the, the, the skin will burst and the wine will be spilled everywhere. He says neither do you sew a patch onto an old garment. I've got memories of my old clothes patched up and the patches coming off. Well, the, the same word for patch on the, the garment 
is the same word that's used for fullness. And, and it just made me think, maybe there's something about the fullness of God on our old, tired, worn-out sort of past that God wants to do something special with. And he's saying, I'm not going to put it onto an old garment. He says, the old things are gone. I talked about that in my prayer. All our righteousness is as filthy rags. Jesus is saying, away with the rags, I'm going to put something fresh and new on you. And it comes as we live in the Spirit. God is Spirit. Therefore, the Holy Spirit lived in Christ. And I think if I want to make a point today, it would be this. That we can have more of the Holy Spirit. I remember I used to pray that. I used to pray, I want more of the Holy Spirit in my life. And then I heard somebody say, how can you possibly have more of the Holy Spirit? And that made me think. I was like, hmm, maybe they're right. Maybe if the Holy Spirit lives within you, then the Holy Spirit lives within you. And how can you have more of the Spirit? Do you know what? I've come back to the conclusion that we can have more of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it says that Jesus had the Spirit without measure. The Bible talks about prophesying, and if we prophesy, we prophesy in proportion to our faith, which means that our faith is proportionate, and we exercise spiritual gifts in proportion to our faith. Why, why not exercise our faith in proportion to the amount of the Holy Spirit that we have within us? How do we get more of the Holy Spirit within us? We've got to put some stuff out. We've got to get rid of some stuff. We've got to get rid of stuff from our past. Old ways of thinking, old ideas, old mindsets that we get stuck in, and that can mean all sorts of things. I was challenged on this this year. I was challenged about a mindset which I had about myself, and somebody called me out on that, and I went, actually, why am I putting a limitation on myself? Do you remember that message where I talked about that? No more limits. Lifted the lid on our expectations. God can do immeasurably more than all that we could ever ask or imagine according to the power that is at work within us. It's according to that power that's at work within us. The Holy Spirit can come as he did at Christmas and do incredible things that I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do some new things in his church. And if Jesus had the Spirit without measure and needed that, and he's the head of the church, his body, then he still wants his body to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then lastly, the Spirit in prophecy. The Holy Spirit was involved again in prophecy after Jesus' birth. When Elizabeth, who was Mary's cousin, heard Mary's greeting... Now, remember that Elizabeth, at this point in time, is six months pregnant with John, who we would later know as John the Baptist. And Mary hears that Elizabeth's pregnant, so she goes to visit her, and she's just had the, 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 the Messiah conceived in her. She goes to visit, and this is, what, this is what Elizabeth said. The child leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. It's incredible. You can almost see the nativity in that picture, but not quite. Where's the Holy Spirit in the nativity? He's all the way through it. He's not the star of the show, but he set the stage. Listen to what happens to Elizabeth after she's filled with the Holy Spirit. It says that she began to prophesy. When the Holy Spirit lives in us, the Holy Spirit wants to manifest His presence, to demonstrate His presence to those who are around us. One of the ways that that happens is by prophecy. And this is what it says. Luke chapter 1, verse 42 to 45. And she exclaimed with a loud cry. She didn't just go away into a wee corner and say, Blessed are you among women. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. She cried out. Something happened, and she said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. 
She spoke under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit because she was filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we see in the nativity, in this account, the work of the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that wants to work in us today. Zechariah, in Luke chapter 1, verse uh, 67, Zechariah was filled with the Spirit and began to prophesy. Simeon, Again, Luke chapter 2, verse 25 and 27, it says that Simeon began to prophesy. It doesn't say specifically about Anna, about being filled with the Spirit. There's no specific reference there, but in Luke chapter 2, verse 38, we read that Anna began to prophesy about Jesus, about this special child, about the Messiah. Read the Scriptures for yourself. The Holy Spirit is at work right throughout Christmas. The Holy Spirit has been at work all the way through time, all the way through Scripture, all the way through the writing of Scripture, which we have today. The Holy Spirit was at work in Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is still at work today. Do we believe that? Yes, some people do. Good. I'm so pleased. The Holy Spirit is still working today. And I want to say this again, that people don't need a safe Christianity. They need a strong, spirit-filled Christianity. If we are going to be the ambassadors in our society, in our culture, in our time that God needs, then we need to be a spirit-filled people. Because the spirit-filled people are the people who are given that boldness to speak out. And boy, do we need to speak out and help people to see the light of the gospel these days. We can only do it under the inspiration of the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit. That was what transformed the disciples, being filled with the Spirit, and they had boldness. They prayed often for boldness. Sometimes they prayed, keep us safe, because things have gone a bit crazy here. They did pray that sometimes, but they said in the midst of all this nonsense that's going on, the violence that had been thrown out of town, pray that we have boldness to be able to speak the message. And we need to have that prayer in our hearts as well, that we pray for boldness. The Holy Spirit is active all the way through the narrative of the Bible, all the way through the nativity, and he's still active today. And if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, how much more do we need the Holy Spirit? Are you seeking more of the Holy Spirit in your life? I hope so. I hope so. I hope you're seeking more of the Holy Spirit in your life because that's where we get the power. That's where we get the strength. That's when, when the storm's raging all around us, that that peace wells up from within us and it comes from that source, God himself living in us. Are you seeking to be filled again? Are you hungry enough to ask, Lord, fill me with your spirit again. I need your strength. I need your power. I just think that God is saying to some people today that there are things which you have been seeking, questions that you've been asking that you've been waiting for an answer to. There might be some questions that we're asking that we will never get an answer to until we meet God face to face. But there are people who are wrestling with questions today. And I want to encourage you to ask God for the answer to that question, because he said, ask and you'll receive. Keep on asking. And there are people who are struggling with things today, and you wonder why you keep struggling. You wonder why you're not getting the victory. You wonder why you're not uh, coming out of this place, it's like the same things over and over again. It's like you feel you're in uh, a, a cycle where, where you just seem to be like in a wheel and you keep coming back to the same place and, and then things get better, but then you keep coming back to the same place. You need an intervention in your life. And the intervention is the, the moment where you surrender to God and when you surrender that thing to God and you say, come and rescue me out of this situation. Come and rescue me out of this endless cycle that I'm in. Come and rescue me. Some people in that cycle struggling with things. I want to say today that the Holy Spirit, when he comes into your life, can give you victory over any situation. I said earlier that Jesus was open to temptation. He was tempted. He was tempted, the Bible says, in 
every way that we are, and yet he didn't sin. And there are people who struggle with temptations, the same temptation over and over and over, and sometimes you win, and sometimes you lose, and sometimes you win, and sometimes you lose, and every time you lose, you feel bad about yourself. You think, why can't I break through in this? I want you to understand that the Bible says that in the power of God, you can break through and you can overcome. You can. You can break the power of sin in your life. You can break the power of habits, old habits, bad habits. You can break them under the power of the Spirit. And some people are asking the question, what's next? Maybe we're all asking that question to some extent. It's like, where are we going with this COVID stuff? But that aside, the circumstances that we're facing collectively aside, some people are saying, what's the next step for me? What's next? What does God have for me? What's he opening up for me? And if you're asking that question, what's next? Then I want to encourage you to keep seeking because when you seek, you'll find that verse we find in Matthew 7, 7 and Luke chapter 11, verse 9. Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened And I want to encourage you to keep asking, to keep seeking, and to keep knocking. I just want to just finish off by a prayer today, by saying a prayer. And in light of the things that I said there about where some people are, where some people are, I'm not going to ask for any public show of hands or or anything like that, but if you identify with anything that I've said there as I've drawn things to a close, I want to pray for you, and I want you to just acknowledge before God in your heart that this prayer is for you, and within your heart you say amen to that prayer, and we're going to believe together that God opens things up for you, that he takes you out the cycle, that he begins to unfold and show you what's next, that he begins to answer, bring the answer to those questions. And so I'm going to pray a prayer, and if this is for you, within your heart, you say, amen, that's for me. And if you want more prayer, specific prayer, then come and speak to me. Whether at the end of today or at another time, come and speak to me. Uh, Even if it's on the phone, we can pray. We can do that. Let's just pray, and let's just seek his presence. Father, we are so aware that you are in this place today. Father, we thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit in this very room. Father, we thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit in the rooms where those who are joining online are sitting. And Father, we pray that you come by your Spirit and that you would bring just a freshness and a release of your Holy Spirit. Father, we pray that you would just fill people afresh. Father, for those who have never experienced the baptism of the Spirit, Lord, that you would come and that you would meet with them. Father, it might not be now, but Father, it might be in the privacy of their own home at some other time. But Father, we need your Holy Spirit and we pray that you would come and that you'd fill your church afresh. Fill us afresh, but Father, your church across this area. Father, we need to be filled afresh because the world doesn't need a safe Christianity. Father, the world needs a strong, spirit-filled Christianity. Father, one with boldness, one where we can be salt, one where we can be light, and Father, one where we can bring the gospel message into our communities. And so, Father, we just pray today, Lord, for all those who are responding in their heart to you today. Father, those who have questions, those who have struggles, Father, those uh, who are just wondering what the next thing is and What's the next step and the next stage? Father, we pray that you bring uh, understanding to the questions, that you bring answers. Father, for those who are struggling and need to be lifted out, Father, we pray that you'd rescue. Holy Spirit, come and that you would give the victory over whatever that situation is. And Holy Spirit, that you would open up, open up our understanding to know where you're leading and what the next step is. Father, for some people, for some people today, that's what the, the, the question is. What is the next step? And Father, we pray for your guidance. Lord, we know that we can commit all of our ways to you. 
and that you will guide us, that you'll lead us. And so, Father, we surrender to you today. We submit ourselves to you. And Father, just for those who are struggling with temptations, Father, may they find a place where they can share that struggle with somebody else in a relationship of trust, in a relationship of maturity. And Father, that they'd just be able to confess that to somebody else. Just share that with somebody else. Father, we know that we can confess things to you and that you forgive us and that you cleanse us. You make us clean from all unrighteousness, that you put clean, it's like wearing clean clothes. But Father, we know that when we confess to somebody else, that there's healing in the confession to somebody else. So the forgiveness comes through confessing to you, but the healing comes through confessing to somebody else. Father, when we bring what is hidden into the light, and so, Father, we just pray that your spirit would move upon us and that you would just lead us into that place of victory. Father, for those who've never made a decision to become a Christian, who've never invited you into their lives, Father, I pray that today might be that day. And if you've never invited the Holy Spirit into your life, and really that's what makes you a Christian, is having the Holy Spirit live in you. That's the, that's the mark. That is the seal that's what identifies you as a Christian, is having the Holy Spirit living within you, then I'm going to pray a prayer to, for, for you to pray uh, to yourself today. And if you pray this prayer, then let us know, um, because we want to just journey with you uh, and get you to that place where you experience the Holy Spirit in your life in a powerful way. If you've never made the decision to become a Christian, pray this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the Holy Spirit. I thank you that you want to come and live in me. But I recognize that my life is maybe a bit chaotic. There's a bit of a mess inside of me at the moment. I pray that you would come and that you would clean me up, that you would make me new, that you would make me a new creation. Forgive me of all the mess, all the stuff, all the stuff from the past, and make me new, and make me clean, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, come and let us know, because we need to not only believe in our hearts, but confess with our mouths. Thank you for uh, being here today, um, and I hope that you have a blessed Sunday, that you rest, and that you feel God's presence as you go on into all that today has for you. So the Lord bless you, and may you have a fantastic week. Hopefully we'll see you on Friday night on Christmas Eve. Okay, Lord bless you.